completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up showdown with Paul Getz, Travis McMaster, and Lauren Accordi. Hey uppers, hey downers, hey Mickey, and welcome to the follow-up showdown to Nerds in Quarantine, where we continue to give worthy second chapters to stories that don't have them. I am your host, Paul Getz, and with me as a co-host for the first time since we did our season one lost episode on Jewel of the Nile is my girlfriend, Kim Seltzer. Hey, I'm not Kim. a co-host, I'm a guest. No, you're a co-host today. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, that's how I get And we're be not billed. nerds, so... This isn't nerds in quarantine. This is um, regular people in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> in quarantine. Regular people in quarantine, Kim is referring to, are our guests today. Her sister, Jen Seltzer. Or would you prefer to be introduced as Jennifer? Jen. Don't make it weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry. Would you prefer to go <laughs> by the name you never go by? <laughs> That's really formal. And her sister's boyfriend, Alex Temple. Hi, Alex. Hey, Paul. Glad to be here. Big fan. Ah, thanks so Wait, much. Wait, would Alex prefer to go that. by Alexander? <laughs> uh, not this episode. Oh, okay, okay next cool. One. Uh, and the movie we are talking about today is 2004's Bring It On Again, the straight-to-DVD sequel to the 2000 cheerleading smash hit Bring It On. The reason we're doing this one is a sort of a special request from Kim and Jen, because I believe the first movie is quite important in your lives is that is that accurate well it's a good movie and it was everything to me (laughs) (laughs) it did raise us (laughs) you you were both cheerleaders in high school yeah correct and before high school elementary to high school okay all the 10 years of my life wow yeah i have barely any skills to show for it (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to remember today um i couldn't remember the name of when you like get out of a stunt and the person comes down a cradle, a cradle. That's it. Is that what they were? It's one of the most basic terms that I used constantly for like 10 years. And I was just like, I really blocked out all of my true memories. It was I... also in the second movie. That's how they got in trouble. That was okay. I mean, we're jumping ahead here to the second movie already, but I, I did want to ask about that specific moment where they got in trouble because she said, I said, do a standard pop off. Yeah, yeah. Was that an accurate what did they do that was wrong? I couldn't We call it a jump down. It's where okay. you just like break down the stunt really slowly and safely and then in the movie the girl was like, "Do you want to do a cradle?" which would never work in real life because you can't just surprise the person behind you who's supposed to catch you <laughs> and expect that they do. So that was still unrealistic, and that was only one issue I had with that movie. They're just trying to add a little flair or whatever, a little personality to the move or whatever it was. But uh, we will get into the second one. Let's talk for a bit about the first one. We'll talk to you guys first about your feelings on it, and then maybe Alex and I can share ours. So, you know, how accurate was it? What, what was it that connected with you guys so much about this movie? Um... It's hilarious <laughs> uh, to a couple of little girls. <laughs> um, first of all, what connects you to it is, 
you know, the idea that you're kind of hopeful, like, oh, I'll get to high school, I'll be really cool, I'll be, like, as pretty and charismatic as as they are. And Yeah, it kind of just painted the picture of what I thought my high school life was going to be like. Yeah. Which was the exact opposite of reality. <laughs> <laughs> but when you first see it, and I think we were in elementary school or something at the time, we were like, wow, I'm going to look exactly like a 25-year-old. I'm going to be so gorgeous and perfect, and I'm going to go through these trials and tribulations, but... I'm, I'm going to date my best friend's brother. I'm going to be a head cheerleader. Funnily enough, for you bringing up the ages, Kirsten Dunst, Rini Bell, and Brandy Williams were all in high school, were all teenagers during filming. Everyone else was in their 20s, but the oldest on set was Gabrielle Union. She was 27. I thought she looked as young as any of the rest of them, as Kirsten Dunst, I would say. Yeah, well, they all look old for their age. They all look older than me than I look now in that movie. Mm. <laughs> so alex how did you feel about the movie this is your first time seeing it no i watched it once when i was a lot younger mm-hmm. um maybe like once or twice but the thing that like was crazy to me was that i felt like half the slang they talked about they were just making up on the spot like nobody had ever said it outside of this movie like oh she's the poo like, I don't remember yeah. anybody in my childhood <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, that's the poo. <laughs> I, I did want to ask specifically you and Jen about whether you used that phrase, because I know you don't like bathroom humor. No. So I didn't think that one would stick with you. So take a big No, it didn't stick with me. <laughs> did, did anyone here ever say something was the poo? Not even in your cheerleading well, game I mean, where it, the movie was have- cool? It must have just been that they wanted to say the shit and weren't allowed right. to. Right. But they said and, like other bad words. Like I mean, they said the F word, the other F word, like multiple times. So I don't yeah. think they were yeah. but worried about earlier. saying. Early don't you have to like compromise like which words you'll say? Yeah, as far as getting your rating goes. For, but PG-13, I think they would have been fine hmm. to say it, to be I honest. I guess they just thought it was clever cute and quirky or whatever i it was very cute and quirky <laughs> that's exactly what i think of when i hear poo quirky number one and then yeah. number two cute <laughs> i hadn't seen this movie since it came out basically i don't think i saw it in theaters but uh pretty much soon after it's it's video release and i remember thinking it was okay then and i think i probably feel the same now, I, I think that what it has for sure is a really impressive cast of very talented, dynamic actors, which is made very, very clear when you watch the second one, how big of a difference that makes. Because I honestly feel like level of humor between the two of them was pretty comparable. Yeah, it's got stars. Yeah, movie stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the most iconic moments of all time, which is the toothbrushing scene. Oh, and I have a fun fact about that, that it was the very last scene to be filmed. The toothbrushing flirting scene between okay. Jesse Bradford and Kirsten Dunst. It was a, it was the wrap on the whole production. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which is pretty cool. It is one of the most effective scenes in the movie, I would say. Yeah. yeah did, that, did that scene yeah. stick with you, uh, Jen, as a child? It's just as like incredibly romantic and could possibly yeah. happen to me in my lifetime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, whoa, brushing your teeth is actually really cool. <laughs> um, it's actually really hot. <laughs> before I continue to 
forget to do it, I do have to do a what's normally a two Travis McMaster minutes. All goats, cliff notes, that's not a pronounce my name, although it's spelled like it would be. Theo is silent. And try to break down the plot of these movies in two minutes. Yeah, I so think nobody's lost. I've always had a problem with it should not be two minutes, it's too long, you gotta do one minute. No, it's one minute per movie. It's too long. Well, no one, we're not changing the world right now. I can't do two movies in I one minute. I think I speak for, you know, me, Jen, and Alex, and I say we all don't want to sit here silently for two minutes. Well, okay, does anybody else want to do it instead? Why don't you do the first one? We'll talk about the first one, and then you go to the second one. Okay. I'll, I'm willing to break it up like that. Yeah. All right. Ready? Go. Uh, Kirsten Dunst plays Torrance. She is the new head cheerleader of the Rancho Carne High School cheerleading squad. They are state uh, champions, Fennec State champions. Uh, she's the new leader. Uh, they One of the cheerleaders gets injured, so they have to get a replacement. This new girl, Missy, she's tough. She points out to Torrance that all their cheers have been stolen because the old leader, Big Red, stole the moves off of an East Compton cheerleading squad called the Clovers. The Clovers show them up at one of their games and then they decide they need a new routine. So first they hire a choreographer. It turns out he scammed them by giving the same routine to a bunch of the same people, but they still make it through regionals because they're defending champion. So then they come up with their own routine. They do really, really well, but they do ultimately lose to the East Compton team, who is just better uh, and who got there of their own uh, spirit and gumption and by by, by uh, a talk show host giving them the money for it. Uh, but they did bring it. And also Kirsten Dunst loves Jesse Bradford and Dumb Mr. Boyfriend. Oh, time. That's a minute. I mean, that's... Pretty much it, Oh, but right? we don't know who wins. I did say who oh, won. Oh, you did? I, I definitely yeah. said who won. I tuned out. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, good job, then. Thank you. Yes. Um, I guess the only, I think the only detail worth noting that I, that I can think of for now is that Jesse Bradford is Missy's brother. Yeah. The new cheerleader's brother and also a budding rock star. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's able to write and record his own jams um, by himself. And he might have been in the clash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a fun fact about that too. Uh, his vintage rock and roll tees were provided by the movie's director from his extensive collection. <laughs> so very cool. Yeah, I was director. wondering how that line made the cut. With is that your band? The clash. The clash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Why are you? This is the worst. Uh, uh, the director of this movie, by the way, is Peyton Reed, who directed Yes Man. And Ant Man, and Ant Man and the Wasp. He's 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 been around the block. He's done his, a variety of things, but this yeah, was, I don't this like was his other ones. This was his directorial debut. His, yeah, he peaked at the beginning. <laughs> what else did he have? Down with Love, the Renee Zellweger, Ewan McGregor uh, musical rom com, and also the breakup with Vince Vaughn and uh, Jennifer. Oh, I love that movie. You do? Yeah. There weren't a lot of um, rom-coms <laughs> that I don't like. Oh, he also directed the um, Lindsay Lohan uh, remake of The Love Bug. Herbie Fully Loaded? Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> this, is a, this is a different um, Love Bug. Huh. Anyway, and then the <laughs> writer of this movie was Jessica Bendinger, who wrote Stick It, Aquamarine, Ooh. and one episode of Sex in the City. Ooh. Yeah. She's good. I've never yeah. seen Stick It. <laughs> She's very good. Oh, I think you would have liked Stick It if you watched it 10 years ago. I don't know how you'd feel about it if you watched it now. I'm surprised that this is written by just a woman because I felt like some of the jokes in the first one felt like 
man notes. Like, we got to put this in there. That'll well, be hilarious. Could have been the producers or director. Yeah, somebody. The guy with the man t-shirts. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, doing? I remember there being a TV commercial for this movie back in the day because I didn't, again, I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember there being a preview for it that was trying to get guys to go see it. That was like, think, bring it on is just for girls. Guys, this one's for you. And then it shows <laughs> the girls dancing around in underwear and stuff. And it's got that line of um, Eliza Dushku being like, well, guys, Uga my goodies or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's hardcore. You're really going after <laughs> an audience here. And that's why Alex watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that they made like seven of these movies. Yeah, there are so many of these. Six and, total. And the well, second we, one's the worst one. Like when we rented it last night, there was like eight different bring it ons. And yeah. I was like, why does this keep happening? <laughs> well, they don't the second- have to relate to the other ones at all, as long as they're about cheerleading. I heard it's not even the same people making it. No, the only the the producers were the same producers of the second one as the first. Well, they blew it. But after that, after that, it, there's no other connections whatsoever. <laughs> Continuing talking about my feelings on the first one, I really feel like Eliza Dushku is a problem. Missy, oh, yeah, Missy. I think she's a really inconsistent character. She shows up being super tough and all about being a gymnast. And then that never comes back. As soon as she makes the team, she is all only Kirsten Dunst's friend who just kind of dances. I mean, yeah, they definitely don't. They don't give her an arc of they, any kind. They could have at least highlighted her tumbling being more useful. Yeah, because it's it's point. her whole audition scene. Yeah, and she never does any flips in any of the routines. That's true. In general, it was interesting how they showed the cheerleading. Because, you know, the main actors are really just out there making, doing face and... and because they can't actually like, cheer. <laughs> right. But then they'll cut to these wide shots where they're just sort of sweeping across. And it's vague enough that you're like, I, I guess they're in there. I guess Kirsten Dunst is in there somewhere. <laughs> Whereas in the second one, it is very obvious that the actors are not <laughs> the ones doing <laughs> Yeah, the second one... All the characters you see that are these like background people that are supposed to be on the squad are very like weak looking theater <laughs> people. And then they show them perform and you're like, oh, who are these like bodybuilders? Just a couple actors' notes for this movie. Um, Marley Shelton was originally cast as that- Torrance. Uh, she is the lead cheerleader in the movie Sugar and Spice. Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay. Well, do you know the movie I'm talking about? No. <laughs> really? It's a cheerleading <laughs> no. movie where the cheerleaders also become like bank robbers, I think. Oh, we probably don't like that. That sounds so much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's very true. This this girl, you know her? No. She's in, um, oh, she's in the Sandlot. She's the lifeguard. Never seen it. Wow. She's in Planet Terror. Never oh, been kissed. Oh, she in Never Been Kissed? And Uptown Girls. Oh, she's Kristen. So she's one of the friends of Jessica Alba? Yeah. They're she's like, in a bunch of stuff Kirsten back Person or something? Are their names? Well, anyway, she was cast, but ultimately left the movie to do Sugar and Spice, the bank robber cheerleading movie instead. Oh, she blew it. And that's... Well, <laughs> dipped out of the most iconic cheer movie of all time 
to do mm. a different cheer movie. Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert did call it the Citizen Kane of cheerleader movies. Oh. Whatever that means. <laughs> I agree. That's true. I can't think of one other cheer movie that's good. Um, well, didn't I thought you liked Fired Up. But I don't think people like that. Yeah. But but you like it. Well, I have low standards. Well, bring it on as a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's pretty fair. Low. I mean, it's not, but it's not trying to be any kind of a great movie. I mean, the jokes aren't great. I don't, honestly, I don't think the movie ever tops itself after the opening musical number. I think it blows its stack right at the beginning. I don't know. What about the toothbrush scene? Oh yeah, well, the toothbrush. I think when they reveal that Sparky Flaffy shops the the um, routine around, and the other people did it right before them, that's yeah, clear. yeah, that's pretty good. Iconic. Yeah, that is really um, yeah. You do feel that humiliation when the song starts again. Although Kim brought immediately brought up the point that she's like, I would at least change the song. Yeah, you would rush like, to be like, we can't do that. Got to do a different song. You can't, you can't do, do that. that. No, I used to submit your song ahead of time, and it's... I, I did do one year of competition cheer. And oh. That, um... Well, it's, no, just, it's an important distinction because I never did, so... Yeah, and it's, it's a, a very gen, large production. Gen head cheerleader of our family. Yeah, mm. and there are a lot of teams, and everything is queued up. There's no possible way you could even find the sound person in time. Well, I did find a couple of discrepancies in terms of what was allowed in the movie versus what is allowed in real uh, high school competitions. One, the midriff that their out uniform has is strictly forbidden in high school oh, competitive thank God. teams. Yeah, I wouldn't have been on it. Yeah, I would have um, <laughs> quit cheering like 10 years, <laughs> one year into it, would have quit. Um, and then also, according to the National Federation Interscholastic Spirit Association, uh, many of the stunts performed in the movie, um, including flyovers, basket tosses with head over heels rotation, and stunts more than two bodies high are illegal at the high school level. Yeah, it makes sense. That's true. I would also like to say the crazy part, like cheer-wise, in the beginning when they say they're going to do the wolf wall, and they're like, that's like the hardest you know stunt ever performed. And then they do it, and I'm like, when I coached here, I had my girls do that stunt. That was so easy. And that was like, yeah, they're doing head over. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, that-, that was exactly what I said to Paul when they did that. I was like, that's not that hard. Well, and, and also that it. scene is specifically about the fact that her ambition is too big yeah. for the team to handle. And that's how the girl gets hurt at the beginning. Yeah, and then the whole rest of the movie is them doing way harder, more impressive stuff. <laughs> but it's never them. It's always the hired well the same squad yeah Yeah, right ease into it after a whole summer some of them have been working out the whole time like Courtney pointed out oh yeah they've all been uh, resting on their laurels right so maybe that was the ambition part but just describing that stunt as like the hardest stunt known to mankind or whatever when it came to Courtney and Whitney in general I was very annoyed I mean I know you're supposed to be they're the mean girls on the squad but like they don't even, they don't go so far as to show what the social pecking order is. Nobody ever talks to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's always them over by themselves making bitchy comments or like challenging everything that everybody's doing. But nobody is going like, yeah, you know, like nobody's on their side. They're just sort of this island of negativity that's on the team. Well, they're like the mini Big Red. Yeah. That's they do establish no one liked Big Red. She was just really good. Right, but she was a good leader. Yeah. 
Which is why I always thought it was kind of crazy at the very end where she says, second place, hell yeah! Oh, Courtney <laughs> says that! Yeah, she's why, the worst one! Why did they make her say that? No one believed that that would be okay by her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they could have just had them be mad and that would have been fine. Well, and even like, them to be even happy. if she was excited by how well they did, they make it seem like she's doing it because she's learned the lesson. You know, the other team was so good and it's good of them to have made it on their own and it that doesn't seem Yeah, there's right. no way she would have learned that. Yeah. She tried to overthrow Torrance like a week before that. With the help of her ex-boyfriend, Aaron. Aaron, who I also want to talk about. I understand that they established early on that he's cheating on her so that you don't like him. But the fact that he's cheating on her again when she makes the speech about how he's not boyfriend material for not believing in her, that doesn't add anything to the... In fact, I think it undercuts the standoff scene. The you know, thing like, I always remember about that scene and it was true again when I saw it this time was that that woman is like 35 years old. <laughs> well, we got pointed out by our mother. <laughs> she always said, that woman looks really old. She is really old and I, I was curious when it was going to show this time because I knew it was coming and I was like, I wonder if she'll be as old looking as I remember her and she definitely was. Yeah, you did make that comment when we watched it. <laughs> and I, I have a fact on her. Her name is Carla <laughs> Makoff. She's a real-life LA Lakers cheerleader. It was at the time. Mm. Oh, that's so that's why they put her in the movie. I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give her something else to do. I'm trying to think of, before we I mean, really, we just keep wanting to talk about the second one. I, is there anything anybody else wants to say about the first one? Yeah, we move on? I heard there was a section called Unsung Heroes. Oh, we'll get to that at the end, actually. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Um, to cut that out. But you know what? No, let's do it. No, you're. let's do it now. We'll do it like just like we're doing the minute broken up. We'll do that broken up. Hit it, Paul Jr. Unsung Heroes! Are these just characters that we thought didn't get enough praise? I basically, I mean, it can be. It's usually actors with smaller parts or even like background actors who really add something to the movie. Well, I just really like Big Red. I just thought she did an incredible job. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then smaller characters. Uh, I liked Cutter, the little girl who- that has an issue with Courtney. Oh, yeah. She's great. Oh, she's my God. She is what I just put her down as punching kid at the conference. <laughs> that scene... I was so happy watching that scene. What does she say to her? Get over it, hag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In that tiny little girl voice. Hey! Yeah, that was a pretty perfect scene. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I just wish there was some more backstory on why her and Courtney had beef. <laughs> yeah. It did seem pre-established. That whole scene of that conference, like, I kept, there, there kept being sequences of things. Like, there was the tryout sequence. And I kept waiting for a sequence like that to hit because the tryout sequence to me, I was like, none of these jokes are doing it for me. Like none of these are making me laugh. And then they went to the sparky choreography sequence. And I think he's kind of funny, but for the most part, the jokes in that sequence also didn't make me laugh. I'm like, man, they're blowing these sequences. Then they get to the conference and everything was hitting for me because you had the little girl punching her and yelling at her. And you had that mother, the overbearing mother walk up to the judge's table and go, excuse me, your eyes were down. And like, yeah. how are you going to expect to do a score? All that stuff was great. It was also really good too, from a, from my cheerleading background, because the, the move that they were talking about was one where it was 
they all hit their stunts according to like the ding in the song, which mm. is an actual like technique that choreographers use <laughs> and that you craft these like weird music mashups and all those like little sounds in there, you're supposed to hit a stunt. So it shows that you're on time and you're counting. So mm. it really was probably oh. a move in the scene or a, just a move in the dance that was really important. And his head should not have been down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, can I ask, Later, Kirsten Dunst gives Gabrielle Union a tip. Don't let anybody go off of the mat because they really take off points mm-hmm. for that. And then Gabrielle Union pretends not to need the advice and then turns around and immediately like yells at her team about it. Wouldn't, would that be something they'd know already in a competition setting like that? Yeah, but they've never know. been to the competition before. I mean, it's, I mean, that mat was enormous. Yeah, but they do flips going all the way across. Yeah. I think it was reasonable. I thought it was very classy of her. <laughs> they just understand each other. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but that is yeah. a real that is a real cheer thing. If you step outside of bounds, you lose a lot of points. That's a really way to lose points and you know move down in your ranking. And I'll say, even if you don't care about it, as like the plot line, like Paul's tiny brain can't understand why it, <laughs> you know, is effective. it's at least another little bonus for the real cheerleaders that watch it where you get mm-hmm. that, like this mo- this is a movie for us. So wouldn't the opposite be that like girls were flying off the mat? Like, isn't that bad advice, not bad advice, but like unnecessary because you play in the routine and it's like, Nobody is going to be flying off the side of the stage. <laughs> you misunderstood. I don't think I misunderstood. I just, I think it's like common knowledge. Let me just explain it to you. It's like saying somebody that's swimming, like, come up for breath every once in a while. No, <laughs> no, no, the thing is a giant mat because people are tumbling on it, so for safety reasons. And there is a taped border on the outside of it. So if you step your foot outside of the border, you are marked down points. You're still technically on the mat, but you're mm. like out of bounds, you know? So that's what she's addressing that if you're tumbling and you're landing, you know, your flip or whatever, and you put your foot back and you're outside Think of about bounds. the lines in the football, you know, yeah, like you go. can't step your foot out of the line when you're running or whatever. This is yeah. the same thing. Mm. Now my boyfriend's little brain. Exactly. Him that. <laughs> <laughs> Did all the boys, little brains get it now? <laughs> The only other person I have down for an unsung hero for the first one is the nodding judge at finals. And I mean, it's like the main judge that they focus on, but every time they come back to them, he's either smiling and nodding (laughs) if he likes something, or if it's something's interesting or he goes, okay, okay. (laughs) While he's writing things down, I just, he, he really committed to that nod. I have the guy who answers the phone for Aaron for, he's not here. He's, not here. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Also, good. sounds like the same guy who answered the phone for Sparky Flastery when um, Krista Dutz calls him. Mm. So, mm. so I thought that was pretty weird. You know, it's just true. Movie, it was a similar beat <laughs> it, both times. I thought it was the same voice, and I was like, that's a funny <laughs> It's probably the director or something. <laughs> well, the director is in it. He's the mime in the sequence where they're learning oh, all nice. the different styles of dance. He's the one doing mime. Pretty you good. held out. You held out that fun fact for way too long. That was that was a good oh, one. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is a good one. I I remember that sequence. That's part of it in particular. All the girls, well, and guys, all the cheerleaders behind Meyer were going like, "What? Oh my god, this is so stupid. Why are we doing this?" It's like you hired him. 
like that this was your idea to get all the like you picked mime in addition to everything else why are you acting like this guy just wandered in and started teaching us yeah, but also to the point i really do appreciate that their final routine did incorporate yeah. all those moves and not yeah. sort of dance styles. Because throughout the movie, I mean, obviously what they're doing is impressive, but every cheer routine just looks vague, including the Clover's routines. There's cool dance moves in them, but it's a, mostly a bunch of cutting around, vague flipping and throwing and jumping shots. So you don't really know how impressive it is because it doesn't seem cohesive. And I pointed this out to Kim during the movie. They cut around it constantly to different stuff going on, but they don't cut in the song. It felt weird with the exception of Rancho Carne's final one, where it felt very cohesive. I thought that was a fun, like I kept waiting to be blown away by the cheer. And then I finally was right when I needed to be at the end. So I, I want to say um, it's not an unsung hero, but I just want to make note of what was an iconic line uh, early on in the movie where Aaron is picking Torrance up at the beginning and he does his little seatbelt. Uh, 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 you sure? Oh yeah. Like, can I help you out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a perfect line. <laughs> that, was something <laughs> that, we, line? that was something we did uh, in childhood. Okay. But, it's a bit. Yeah. Perfect. Bit. The, vehicle, Aaron. the way the parents hate him. I honestly wish there was more of the parents and the parents dynamic with Torrance, because I feel like in the beginning, there's this sort of promise of like her finding her balance between actually being really smart in school and caring about cheer so much. I thought there was going to be more to that. It never really gets picked up again after that first scene. Cause then it's the whole movie is just cheer. Yeah. Um, Cheers life. And the movie couldn't be like three hours, Paul. Okay. <laughs> you know, for being the, what it could be. <laughs> being the same length as the second one, it flew by. And my honestly, all of my notes about the first one are: I wish there was more things in it that I just felt like I was missing. You know, like yeah, I just I almost wish there was more so time. Long. Whereas the second one felt like forever. It <laughs> felt like so much more was happening, and not in a good way. <laughs> it felt like three hours for sure yeah are we on to the second we're on to the second one now let's talk about the movie we're here to improve upon today bring it on again i don't have any real actors notes but i can tell you the writer of it writers of it were a woman named claudio grazioso who wrote are we there yet the ice cube family romp and brian and mark gunn brothers of James Gunn and his brother Sean Gunn, so the other Gunn brothers, and the writers of the superhero horror movie Brightburn. Okay. Mm. Couldn't care less about any of those. No cheerleading experience. Not really showed. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you're going to do your one minute? I really want you to do it because there is, I feel like, a part of the movie that I missed because it was so boring. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To the plot, and so I want to see if you cover it. All right. Let's see. Okay. All right. Yeah, ready. Okay. All right. It's about two girls, uh, Whittier and Monica. They're new freshmen at uh, California State College. They join the cheerleading squad, but the cheerleading cheerleaders there are mean. They start to groom Whittier to be the new head cheerleader, and she kind of buys into it for a second. But then coming to the defense of her friend Monica, who the mean head cheerleader doesn't like, uh, they quit the team. Um, and then they form a new team with the misfits of the school whose um, cl- uh, clubs have been cut down because of budget 
concerns. Uh, theater kids, dance kids, they form a new team. Then they challenge the varsity cheerleaders to a cheer off to see who can compete at nationals. They win. They become the new varsity cheerleading team in the end. And separately from all this, Whittier is dating a local DJ who's considered a loser um, and uh, has uh, notably bad facial hair and they end up together. And that's it, right? That was great. Yeah. You covered exactly what I needed covered. Why did all these random people agree to join this cheer squad? Oh, because they my phone for one minute and she's got a whole new cheer squad full of they, they were able to convince them that if they joined the cheer squad, they could win the competition and then get twenty thousand dollars to pay for their clubs to happen again. But we don't um, even know if that happened though, did they? Because it kind of just seemed like they were competing for to compete to compete exactly yeah, yeah. to represent the school. So we don't even know if they won or got the twenty thousand dollars. Well, they, right. They're still yeah. yet to go to nationals, which all, first of all, it's one thing for them to compete, to go to nationals and decide who, who competes, but for the Dean to come in and go, you're the new varsity cheerleading squad. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what about this whole team of other people that that's what they were doing before this. Well, also like none of those people want to be cheerleaders. They're all trying to get their club back. So yeah. like, <laughs> They're all going to quit. want to be the varsity cheerleaders. We <laughs> yeah. want to do theater and, and dance. The Dean, the Dean was like weirdly involved. Yeah. In all of yeah. Like, he was obsessed. He's it in was way too much of it. The pro yeah. Him, he felt like more of the main character than the main girl. Than <laughs> yeah, I thought something was going to be unveiled that, like, I thought when I first watched that he was her dad. I thought that too. <laughs> and that's why he had such a stake in it. And that's why she was so eager to please him and keep the money flowing to the school. Yeah. The evil head cheerleader. It really seems like that at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah. then they didn't reveal that, and then it got kind of weird, and I was like, are maybe they dating or something? Something <laughs> weird happening? There is, that would be really good. There is an extra layer of creepiness to the Dean in general that I, is just confusing, especially given where, how it ends for him. Because I thought they were building him up to be the villain of the piece. Because like, even when he's like, you're the new varsity cheerleading, so I was like, oh, well, now we're supposed to feel for the evil girl. Because she just lost her whole life. And then I was like, okay, what's going to happen to this Dean? Are they all going to quit? And he's going to be shamefaced. And literally all that happens then is he goes, I have a lunch date. And he leaves. <laughs> and that's Paul's favorite line that, in the movie. That killed me <laughs> so much. Because there's also like not information you need that he has a lunch date. Yeah. Like it's. it's- one of the last lines in the whole movie. In the whole movie. It's the Dean's ending, and it's right before the very, very end of the whole piece. <laughs> the end of the movie kind of... I mean, as much as it feels like it's towards the end, it's like, oh, it's over now? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was so long, and then when it finally ended, I'm like, I feel like there could be more. Some yeah. stuff didn't wrap up. <laughs> Nothing wrapped up. We don't know what happened to the fate of the clubs. They still have to go to <laughs> nationals and compete for the money. We yeah, don't know what happened to the squad and the guy who was on scholarship. I guess did he join? He the, joined the new team. Well, and Wait, oh yeah, that the was guy, so the boyfriend never shaves his face. That I and I was waiting for the whole time. <laughs> they even make fun of glow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for his glow up so he'd be worthy of her. Oh, I loved the DJ shots of him and their routine that just cut to him on the two <laughs> records. What was with the monk scene? Like why did 
God, why did they come out like that? I don't understand it. As soon as they come out like that, one of the judges starts writing something down. It's like, what are you writing? (laughs) Creative entrance. (laughs) But I I was nervous as a former competition cheerleader where they were going to throw these robes to because I Mm -hmm. thought maybe it was going to be like someone's going to trip on one or something disappear. Yeah. yeah, and the one that they show them throw, they throw way too far. It's like someone tosses it aside and it somehow makes it all the way backstage <laughs> to hit the head cheerleader girls. Whoa, through that! What an arm! <laughs> yeah, a oh, lot of man. problems with this horrible movie. I mean, but a, a lot of joy in watching it, with you at least. I, the my, Well, go ahead and tell them your favorite moment. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My favorite moment of the movie. Oh, it's so funny. Is that when early on in the movie, when the boyfriend, the DJ, the DJ comes to the sorority house, which they don't really ever clarify why the cheerleaders in the sorority house are like the same thing. That's exactly like, what I was. Wondering. <laughs> I I do and, have a fun fact about that sorority house. Well, there's absolutely no reason to establish that it is a sorority house. They could have just had mm-hmm. it be, be like, this yeah. is her office. But they or do a college party. Yeah, but yeah. they do an outside shot showing like what sorority house it is and everything. But anyway, so when the DJ shows up, he's looking for the main girl, Whittier, Whittier and he's like, you know, <laughs> has anyone he's- seen Whittier? Blonde, yay high, and he goes like a full foot and a half shorter Below than he his is. Shoulders. It's so yeah. short, and he and is very short. <laughs> He is noticeably short from the very first shot you see him in, which is helped along by the fact that they stand him next to the tallest person <laughs> in the movie, who, who, when they introduce them both, they're standing next to each other and talking as if they're friends. Yeah, you think they're friends. And then it's revealed halfway through the scene that they don't know each other at all, <laughs> and the small guy is making fun of the big guy. Yeah, they don't make that clear. But it's just... I love this part so much because it seems like all that happened was that the actor's line was to say, yay, yeah, hi. hi. And then he just chose to make it way shorter than she actually is. Yeah. And then no one corrected him. And no one was like, let's take that again, but do a reasonable height. She would be the shortest person in the movie if she was as tall as. It's so funny to me. Yeah. Do we know this guy's from? He was in the main cast of Saved by the Bell, the new class. He was like the Zach Morris of the new class, which was the uh, late 90s series that had uh, Screech as the assistant principal. But no, I thought he looked familiar too, but I looked at what he's in. I didn't recognize him for anything. I just kept referring to him as like a Nickelback looking guy. He, I could not understand his look and why casting people thought that he was going to be attractive to the audience and desirable. (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, he's not really a bad looking guy if they get rid of the facial hair. And part of it was that he dressed so horribly, but really everyone in the whole movie dressed horribly. And also, the main two girls have no charisma whatsoever. (laughs) My, I mean, her friend Monica has a little bit more, but Monica's problem is you can't understand what she's saying a lot of the time. She's like mumbling or quiet or something. (laughs) And then the main girl is just so bland, so boring. And I was wondering if the reason she was cast is because of her tumbling, you know, because like... I don't know if it's her in the audition scene, but if it's like, if that's why that makes sense, but then she doesn't do any tumbling in the routines. <laughs> no, she's bland for no reason. And, uh, but having said that, I will say that I thought her and the DJ sold their chemistry very well. I believed that they were into each other. I thought that was the best acting that she did. 
Yeah, that's true. And I thought he seemed enough like a competent actor that, you know, those scenes played better than a lot of the other ones. Yeah, he was one Most of the better of the, actors in the movie. Half the movie was the head evil cheerleader monologuing. <laughs> I was so tired of her talking. Every It would go from one scene of her yelling at every cheerleader to the next scene of her monologuing to one person. <laughs> it was exhausting. It That's bothered cool. me um, how much jewelry they all wear in this movie. That's what I said to Alex. Why are they all wearing pearl necklaces? Yeah, I know. They had a pearl <laughs> necklace and they had a problem I, with her belly ring. And I'm like, I know. You're standing here with like a chain that someone can pull, <laughs> some earrings in your ears. Yeah, it was like four of them were wearing a necklace, including the Whittier, the main girl, throughout the whole movie every time they cheered. And they only had a problem with the belly button ring. It was, that was so weird. They really set it up to be like a good. <laughs> you can I also, yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand. I didn't understand when she pulled out her belly button ring. It made a noise as if it hit the floor, Got and it. then she threw it to the side and made a noise again. And no, it was like, a different piece of it. But piece she had two pieces out. of it. It was like it was like she, she dropped it and it then she held up two separate pieces. Well, maybe there were three then, pieces. Yeah, I guess maybe she had a three-piece belly button ring. Do they? That might be a thing. Uh, probably not. Yeah, um, that wasn't the biggest problem. At Claire's, and we did sell belly button rings. So, as someone who has experience in this field as well, <laughs> it was not plausible to me. Well, my fun fact about that sorority house it is is it is the same house that they use in Legally Blonde. As the, the sorority house at UCLA, that makes sense at UCLA. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe well, why the campus they, is the same maybe too. that's why they wanted to feature it. Let's let's talk about this campus though, right. because you said it was your school. Alex and I said it was our school. <laughs> at least half of the campus shots are UCLA. And it starts at UCLA and the flagpole scene where they're doing that weird, um, they're cheering for the croquet, croquet game. Which, oh, I want to talk That's about UCLA. that. That was, that was the first inclination I had that none of the actors were cheering. Like <laughs> they had set up a very small group of characters that were the new cheerleaders. And then they showed them cheering at that event. And it was like, who are these people? <laughs> Especially you're really looking out for the very, very pale redhead. Oh yeah. Who, Felicia day. Yeah. Yeah. When she is in a cheer scene at, at the, the end. end of the movie, she's all you can see because <laughs> her skin color is so, so pale and stands out so much from all the other. Well, tans. and every other scene, she's completely covered up in like dark, <laughs> yeah. uh, long sleeve clothes, including a scene where everybody else is in cheer gear. And it's like, why is she getting interviewed and in a regular outfit? Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys, did it land for you the weird bit that they tried of the school, I guess, journalist, like the news reporter lady who somehow was the main anchor and then cut away to herself? Oh. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, she, thought, yeah. she said she had the same name. She was like, thanks. Colleen. Oh, Colleen. Yeah. Thanks, Colleen. Yeah. Oh, Colleen. But that scene is also in front of our school. That's what I was talking oh. about. The building she's standing in front of was Manzanita <laughs> Hall. And then she cuts to the other Colleen. She's standing in front of our old library. Yeah, I didn't recognize those ones. Well, you guys mentioned off mic that the building where you guys met is in this movie. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a less fun fact than the movie stuff, though. <laughs> I think it's more interesting. Yeah, we're more, I'm more into it. Oh. Yeah, that same one that they said was the gym was where we had class together. Opposite sides of the room. Oh. I was closer to the door because Jen liked to learn 
I wanted to get out of there quick. <laughs> oh, oh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so, not that we're moving on, but to to list the other sequels in this series, we've got Bring It On All or Nothing, which in two from two thousand six. Bring It On All or Nothing is famously the second best of the Bring It On movies, right, Jen? It's at least the other one that everyone saw. The third one is definitely what everyone saw. They were like, wait, they didn't come out the second one? Because no one (laughs) even knew the second one existed. But the third one I've seen a bunch of times, only because I feel like it's one of those movies that was always on TV. Well, and it's starring big names. Yeah. Unlike yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Solange Knowles. Solange Knowles. And um oh Rihanna. Oh yeah, Rihanna was already a huge one. star. She was only yeah. in it. Those are all three people in the third one? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I told oh you, Alex. Because you're like, they made more of these? And I was like, well, none of them were as remarkably bad as the second one. So oh, Rihanna's also barely in it. And she's, she's like, really like in it too. She's all over the trailer. Well, it's so like half of the famous. trailer. That's true. <laughs> in it to have her music video at the end for Ponde Replay. I think the third one is so cringy. The third one is cringy. It's just got way too much weird like racial stuff in it. I feel like it's just it's That's hard true. to get through. Hmm. It's true. It would never pass now. No. Oh my god. The, the only, first one wouldn't pass now. That's true. The only thing the third one has going for it is the the hit um Cheer song game Shibuya. Shibuya <laughs> <laughs> roll call? Yeah. Uh, oh, interesting. Well, the fourth one is called Bring It On In It to Win It from 2007. That's the one I with like the that. sharks and stuff? I don't know. The sharks Jen? and the Jets. Yeah. It was okay. a, it's West Side Story? That's, they're called the Sharks and the Jets, and Mom would always Whoa. say, like, No, I'm not watching it because of that. I'm watching <laughs> yeah. it because of that. It was great. It's about um, these. It was an adaptation. Yeah, so essentially, a robot Juliet. Adaptation. Let her talk. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to tell you all about it. These two rival cheer squads are at, I, I believe it's a cheer camp with the competition in it. So they're not at their own schools. And there's a lot of other squads around. And yeah, there is a Romeo and Juliet story that Carson likes the guy on whatever the other team is. And they're all competing at like Universal in Florida, Universal Studios. Um, yeah, theme park. And they like sneak off and have this whole relationship. You should see it. It's really good. 10 I, out of 10. I will see it. Wow, 10 out of 10. I will say I appreciate that all of these movies' plots seem very different from each other. Because honestly, for this one to be called Bring It On Again, I was like, oh, it's going to be the same arc. Don't yeah, but really for most it on of the again, movies, there's no there's one to no bring it on against. at all. Yeah. No one the competition only comes in the last like quarter of the movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the last 20 <laughs> minutes. I really hate their croquet scene. I forgot that you, when you brought it up now, it's all I can think about. But yeah. that's when it officially lost me. <laughs> when the guys were all cheering and then he only made it because they, the squad is really good. And they were only upset. Oh, the DJ. Their leaders. The DJ was the one who inspired them to, he showed up in his truck and that was how they became good. Yeah, well, because I, they needed 
heat. I will say, I thought it was so funny. Multiple times in the movie, they would have these cheer scenes where, of course, every time they're doing some sort of routine, it's the same type of cheer music that's not, like, actually good music. It's just, like, like stuff. And every time they would do it, they would show people that are just watching, getting, like, so into the music, being like, yes. It's just, like, there's no way anyone likes this music. It's not real music. Well, I thought in their croquet scene, I thought he was mad because he was trying to concentrate because it's a sport like golf where you need everyone to be quiet. But then it just turned into like he was just mad because they were making noise and they were bad at cheerleading. It bothered (laughs) me. That guy just seemed so miscast. Like I ended up hating that bit, but I don't think it was because I hated the bit. I hated that actor for it. I was like, this guy should be like a stuffy, snobby guy. And as soon as he said his line, he seemed like a frat douchebag. It's like, it's the suckiness that's bothering my whatever. I was like, no, that's not so right. Dumb frat lines, like when the guy was like picking up on another dude, and he's like, Well, no, oh. I'm the I'm the football oh, yeah. quarterback, so I have to beat you up. What yeah, is that was this? terrible? They have horrible homophobic stuff in both movies, and it's like watching yeah. the first movie again, you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot there's all this weird stuff and then the second movie it's like they double down and it's like even more homophobic <laughs> stuff oh, yeah. alone. can i say another scene that i think about yeah. the weird one with like nobody showing up to their auditions because they didn't put up their posters in the right color and they didn't use glitter on the sign it had been an hour and a half that they were <laughs> <waiting>. <laughs> it was driving me crazy that they acted like they had both been standing there an hour and a half and hadn't yet addressed the fact that no one showed up. Well, <laughs> I was like, what have you guys been talking about for the last hour and a half? <laughs> well, and then the logistics of the plot didn't make any sense after that because once they formed the new squad, it was just like, well, you can't just form a new squad without it being like approved by the school. And then that didn't even seem to come up until it became, well, which cheerleading squad's going to go to nationals? It's like, well... This one's not even sanctioned. What do you... Yeah. Well, it's also like, well, what are you going to cheer for? Right. Well, they I were cheering for lesser croquet. sports. Croquet and fencing. Nationals? At the oh. end, they are. Well, that was really weird because they just competed against themselves. They didn't compete well, against anyone else in the state. No. They did not beat out anyone to go anywhere. They just were a whole <laughs> team that went against their own real team, and that should not have qualified them for anything. Well, <laughs> and there was no transition of them becoming that good. It didn't make any sense how good they were at the end. And where did they get their uniform? uniforms? <laughs> yeah. Like none and of that. All the art. You didn't see so any of that happen. Yeah. Of our background, huge backdrops and stuff. All right. So the fifth one is called Bring It On Fight to the Finish 2009. Any, you, I remember the name. I don't think I saw that one. I think I saw, but I do not remember at all. <laughs> and then, well, the newest is from 2017. It's on recent. Netflix. Uh, bring it on worldwide cheer smack. <laughs> I don't understand. I WWE. Is that what that means? I, I thought maybe you guys would know what a cheer smack was. No. Okay. Well, all of them were like sports related things like in it to win it, fight yeah. to the finish, all or nothing. Yeah. Well, and that's all the sports things. And that's why Again. they smack. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's do unsung heroes for the second one. Did you guys have any? You caught in the second one? No, I hated it. I have one, <laughs> only one, which was in that softball scene. Which, specifically, I'll set up the scene and then you can yeah. say the person. The scene is she's 
alone. She's just, they've just quit the team. She's alone at the softball game and she starts hearing a, she hears a sprinkler that gives her a beat in her head. And then she starts doing a cheer by herself. Very quietly at first. Yeah. And then gets really, really loud and won't stop until everybody in the <laughs> audience is doing it with her. Which is supposed to be an inspiring scene where she's getting her groove back. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but just behind her, like a little to the left, is this old man who's completely hunched over. He looks dead. He's I think he I think he's asleep. Yeah, I think he's yeah. supposed to be asleep, but it, the scene is pretty long, and for a long time, you're you're slowly watching everyone kind of like looking at her, being like, "Oh, what's she doing?" Mm-hmm. Slowly joining in. Now everyone's standing up the whole time. He hasn't moved at all. He's hunched over, dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end of the scene, the uh, the woman next a, a to him kind of like taps him and wakes, wakes him, him up, and then he joins. But which is very unsatisfying because it should have been her cheer that woke him up. Yeah, him that's what I thought you were taking that. I want to tap him still. Yeah, when everyone around him is up and screaming. Yeah, but I was hoping that it was just a weird thing where just one extra just got away with looking dead. And no one <laughs> yeah, noticed. They, they would just never acknowledge yeah. it. That would have been the best because it yeah. was so funny and it went for so long. Yeah, and then as soon as you realize it's on purpose, it's like, oh, that's not that funny. Didn't even have a good idea. Well, we still have the rental for another twenty four hours, Alex. If we want to check out that scene, I'm never gonna, we're never going to watch it again. Getting into the questions that precede the pitches every time. First, should this movie bring it on have a sequel? Sure. Like, why not? Uh, I agree I with Alex. Head movement. Must, I say no. Perfection. I think they could have done another good one. But I mean, do you think it would need the same cast? For example, my pitch features the cast of the first one. I feel like there's no way for it to be a decent sequel with a new. The way I mean, the way that there are sequels now, they're not connected to the other movies. And it's like it's almost like, okay, should there be another good cheer movie? Because it doesn't have to be connected. And I'm like, yeah, someone is capable of making another good cheer movie. I actually so, agree with you on this. I think their saving grace is the fact that they don't continue the story and they don't bring back <laughs> these actors because it's not as much tarnishing reputation of the first one. Yeah. Mm. So I have my work cut out for me with my pitch, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, you do. Oh, okay. I might have also include the same yeah, people. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Interesting. I did want to say in terms of that, in terms of having no connection to the first one with any of the cast, uh, Eliza Dushku is quoted in interviews as having never been invited to participate in the sequels, which I really love because it means she would (laughs) have. They never even asked me (laughs) to come back for those straight to DVD sequels. It wouldn't make sense. (laughs) No relation. Yeah, I guess so. I was hoping for one cameo in the second one, like anybody just to show up and go, guys, where's your spirit or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not that kind of sequel. Oh, I just remembered how much I hated in that second movie where when she wakes up, she goes, mom, where are we? <laughs> college. Oh, college. <laughs> it's like, what? You didn't know you were on your way to college today? <laughs> like, how out of it were you? That's crazy. I actually really liked the judge in shadow in that dream sequence at the beginning. I thought that the, his voice was cool. But then when she started getting hit with, I guess, meat, like painted it meat, it was so gross. <laughs> it yeah. ruined the whole thing. 
They also were really critiquing her weight. And then I feel like somewhere else in the movie they brought up like their bodies. Oh, yeah, like the pony dogs and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. they kept saying Evil. it, especially about her friend, the chili dog, who was even yeah. smaller than her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the smallest woman in the whole movie. They kept saying that they, she was too had too fat of a butt. Yeah. The the people behind this movie <laughs> love chili dogs. They really <laughs> made it a thing where it's like. I, I said this is the most I've ever heard chili dogs mentioned in a movie. <laughs> And there was two glorification scenes of them happily eating chili dogs. It's like, <laughs> we broke away the, from the conformity of the evil cheerleading squad. Chili dog time. Yeah. Okay, so then the next question, sequel or prequel? If you're going to do a sequel to bring it on, what's the sweet spot to hit? I didn't think we needed a prequel. No, I, we certainly don't. I don't think we need either. But <laughs> We don't need a prequel. Okay. <laughs> I mean, some stuff that could be interesting to explore in a prequel, like if you just call it like bring it on junior year, it's just like the year before you get to see Big Red. Well, I'm going to give my prequel pitch, so. Well, this is mine. Oh, we're doing it now? It's called bring it on junior year. I thought this was still like. Well, this is an informal informal pitch later, but my informal prequel pitch is just about the junior year and setting up the dynamic with Red as the leader and her and Aaron and their relationship and what his senior year is like, you know what? Yeah, this doesn't sound great. Well, my people pitch was <laughs> that it was going to focus on the Clovers. Oh, so it was before, but it was focused like when they didn't get their them. shot. Yeah. It, this was at this point. Yeah. They can't afford to go to whatever. So the regionals, big, big red does show up and is she, but she's not a big part of it. It's okay. just like you do see her comes doing the cheers, or whatever. But the idea was going to be that it was, because they don't have any one big competition to do, their big version of it is their like final rally at their school where it's them versus the dance squad. Mm. So it's like different types of <laughs> dancing. Oh yeah. And yeah so yeah. their rivalry is Oh, I see. The gotcha. Clovers, they don't get their shot at cheerleading, but yeah. Yeah, okay. versus the Clover dancers. Even with a Clover's storyline, there's no um you know, real tension because they're they're gonna win. Like you know that that they're the best. So even them put up against their own dance squad, they're going to win. Like, yeah, you just know what's going to happen no matter well, what kind of prequel. You well, being a different captain because now she's like, I'm captain now. I wanted to have part of it be that her um, name is Isis, by the way, in the movie. Is that, I well, she that. says, she goes, Ice, let me do this. Yeah. I never understood that until I actually looked at the IMDb this morning and yeah. I saw that her name was Isis and I, that's what that line meant. Yeah, I had to look I it up was a nickname. to put her in my pitch. I, I thought it was the size. Yeah, I um, I was going to include a part of the pitch is that someone from the dance team, like inadvertently, gives Big Red the idea to steal all their cheers. <gasps> oh, I like that. Uh, but I hadn't figured out how to do that because I didn't know why. Big like Red a didn't know a, tra- a traitor, a traitor in the midst. Yeah. Nice. Well, from the yeah, from the, right, from the team, East Compton High. Yeah, yeah. that's well, like. How did, how did Big Red even find this school? Yeah, yeah exactly. we got to show how that happens. That's why I was thinking, sure. I was like, maybe it happens at a party or something. Like, it just, you just need these two characters to come into contact. I mean, the reason they give for point. why Missy's seen it before is just, we move. My brother and I just move all the time. So we know everywhere, you know, kind of thing. Well, we, he, we've said, moved- he said they're from LA. Because when he was talking about the Hooser sneeze, he was oh, like, right. you do it in LA, uh, not in LA. And so. By the way, did you get. They never establish. 
an age difference between them. So I guess they're twins, right? They don't say that they're twins, but I think Cliff and Missy are twins. Well, in my sequel pitch, Cliff is a year older and is in Torrance's grade. And Missy is a year, correct? And bring it on. Torrance is a senior. But in, in my pitch, Missy was a junior. Oh, I see. Missy's a junior. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. I don't know. I just made that up, though. Yeah, I stuck yeah, with them. Right. I stuck with them being twins. But I really don't. Again, it's not called out. It's just so that they can all be at the same place. <laughs> it's kind of weird that they turned out exactly the same, though, for being siblings. Well, how do you mean? Like, evolve into, like, similar music, have similar style. Like, I don't no, I feel they, like you don't generally see that with like a male and female siblings. I don't know that they established anything about Missy besides <laughs> the fact that she is a gymnast. And that she got bored during fourth period and doesn't actually have and any tattoos on. Right. Whereas you know all kinds of things about what um, Cliff yeah. likes. And man, when that scene where she sneaks in and he's practicing guitar, it's like Watching someone perform like that with a guitar would be like incredible. You can't, it's not easy to just jump around the room, keeping the guitar in tune and rolling around. Like he was doing like rock gods moves, you know, like it was nothing. And it wasn't selling it for me. I didn't believe it for one second. All right. That didn't even matter to me. It was so dreamy. <laughs> That's like one of the hottest things you could do. Not <laughs> and brush your teeth. <laughs> so okay, we've got our prequels out of the way. Does anyone want to go first with their pitch? Well, I know mine's not going to win. So okay, oh. well, do you want to start then? <laughs> yeah, let me do mine. How about something that actually requires neurons? It's a new year at Rancho Carne High School, and Missy, now a senior, has taken over the squad as captain. She has a lot to do to prepare the team for nationals this year, starting with holding auditions to fill the vacant uniforms of Torrance, Courtney, and Whitney. Unsuccessful in recruiting any real talent and only weeks away from the qualifiers, Missy opens up auditions to the community where ex-Clovers Lava and LaFred show up, revealing their school funneled last year's cash prize into remodeling a teacher's lounge, not sparing a single penny for their program. Oh, What? <laughs> <laughs> That's so unfair. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> a but... poor person <laughs> money into a teacher's time. Still better than the actual sequel. <laughs> After some back and forth with Missy, they finally agree to join forces with the Toros this season on the stipulation that they become co-captains and take over creative control. Without much of a choice, Missy relinquishes two thirds of the power, and so ensues weeks of butting heads and pushing themselves and their squad to new heights. Will the girls put their egos aside and come together to choreograph a routine that even Sparky Plastery can't critique? Hi. Very nice. What's it called? Oh, it's just called Sequel Pitch in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bring it on, Sequel Pitch. <laughs> Bring on the sequel. I, the squeakle. I really like it. <laughs> uh, and I also, it doesn't seem that, especially since we know Elijah Dishku was very upset she was never asked <laughs> to be in any of the sequels. Could have happened if they had just asked. If because they had just asked Jen to write it. She's the yeah. only <laughs> period. And I like that. It's well, essentially and Fred a, and Oh, right. But they're, well, and they're not like big stars or anything, so they might have been able to get them. Yeah. It's essentially a new generation. I like it a lot. 
Nice. Yeah, I yeah. wanted all the, the main the main people to graduate out, and then we see some story. And actually, Missy gets to be a full character, which was a big problem for me in the first one. So maybe she that she can be redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very well done. Thank you so much. All right, Alex, you ready? Yeah. Follow me, or perish, sweater monkeys. It's called still bringing it. So it's set roughly five years in the future where Torrance has her first teaching job at East Compton High, of all places. Mm. And she gets there. She doesn't get her first choice of topic, which was AP Chem, which is a callback to the first movie where she has the AP Chem book. And she ends up getting Spanish instead. But the plot twist would be that she doesn't know any Spanish. and so like to kind of try and build her value up at the school um she goes and teaches the cheer program which does not have the same enthusiasm as it did when she was in high school and the cheer program has one good cheerleader who's called melrose And uh, through the season, they improve and they kind of like, you know, build up as a team. But unfortunately, Rancho Carne uh, and them get involved in a prank war. And of course, you know, East Compton takes it, not that doesn't take it too far, but they're the ones that get caught. And so they're disqualified from the uh, cheer, I guess regionals would be at this point, as opposed to the nationals. They're disqualified from that and suspended with school. And so um, uh, since she's a terrible Spanish teacher, since she doesn't know Spanish and all her students got suspended, she's fired from her first job. But then uh, East Compton kind of comes together. They get a routine built and they find evidence to prove that Rancho Carne initiated all of the pranks and wrongdoing. And so they're given the okay to go and compete at the regionals where they win. And then uh, it says at the end, Torrance is made full-time cheer coach and fired from teaching because still she doesn't know Spanish. <laughs> and uh, I put it down that the principal would be Billy D. Williams because I oh. thought that would be cool. Was that Cal from Star Wars? I don't know. Know. <laughs> he was a cool forty-five. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, you know, I just I wanted to bring like a little bit of recognition to it, so I said oh, Billy. D. <laughs> Billy D. <laughs> I said that the love interest would be named Tyson. And he would be into journalism and he would be, he would help Melrose prove that Rancho Carne started the prank war by like, Oh, nice. Is it filming, filming or like yeah. photography or something like he would gather evidence yeah, I like that. to prove that Rancho was at fault for the pranks and get East Compton back into the competition. Um, nice. Yeah. I like it. I like still bringing it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right, I'll do mine, and then you can right. finish us up, okay? Okay. Can you hold the mic? Here's uh, I wrote something uh, for you, so here it is. <clears throat> it's the next year. 
Torrance, Missy, and Cliff all enroll at Cal State. Cliff forms a band with fellow music majors. The band is called Toothbrush Casanova that quickly becomes a hot thing on campus. Challenging the reputation of an already popular band led by the school's star running back, Gerard. This leads <laughs> this leads <laughs> This leads to Cliff heading up the initiative for the school to host its first ever Battle of the Bands. Meanwhile, Missy joins the gymnastics team, and Torrance, despite being put through unfair hazing by Big Red and Aaron, makes it onto the cheerleading squad. I can't they all go to the same school. <laughs> Well, that's the that's that's the way it's set up in the first one. Is it's like next year we'll be at the same school cheering for the same place. Like it seems to be like the trajectory everybody's after. It's actually called Cal State Dominguez Hills. So Torrance, despite being put through unfair hazing by Big Red and Aaron, makes it onto the cheerleading squad by working harder and being better. She quickly makes her way through the ranks and outshines them both, even though she's just a freshman. The Cal State football team is actually really good. And through cheerleading for it, Torrance is also introduced to Gerard, the leader of the band that's uh, Cliff's rival, mm-hmm. uh, who's a total pig-headed jerk that won't stop hitting on her and every other girl in sight. But when the entire football team is disgraced by a scandal involving performance-enhancing drugs, <laughs> the school's athletics program is put under investigation and the cheerleading team is also suspended when Aaron is tested positive for the same drugs. <laughs> Something similar happens with Missy's gymnastics team. I'm just going to leave it at that. And the, <laughs> and the girls find themselves lost without their joys in life. Basically, it's like everything shut down, might come back, but it's pending, mm-hmm. you know, investigation and approval and stuff. So they, they've got nothing to do. They can't do their thing. Cliff is heartbroken to see this. And so he reforms the Battle of the Bands to include dance teams that will perform with each band as part of the competition. (laughs) Torrance and Missy form Toothbrush Casanova's team, and despite all the early ugliness, allow Big Red to join. Well, it turns out that Gerard's girlfriend is none other than Isis, who is heading up his band's dance team. It's a rematch, baby. Nice. Torrance tries to warn Isis about Gerard and how big of a jerk he is, but Isis just takes this as an attempt to get into her head before the competition. Uh, Big Red tries to promote the idea of cheating again (laughs) to win, but Torrance appeals to Big Red by making it clear that this is her shot at redemption. You want to be ruthless? Do it by refusing to be anything but the best. Thus, Torrance and Big Red work together to come up with the ultimate routine. At the Battle of the Bands, just before they're about to go on, Isis catches Gerard cheating on her. She goes to leave the event, but Torrance catches up to her and pleads that she stay. Don't do it for him. Do it for me. I want to know that I beat you fair and square. In the end, the dance teams tie, but... Toothbrush Casanova edges out Gerard's band, and so their team wins. When Gerard starts ranting and challenging the result, Isis decks him, knocking him off the stage in front of everyone. Heh, some running back. Guess the juice did do everything. (laughs) The team captains meet up after the show. Isis tells Torrance she can't believe she was ever into such a jerk. Torrance glances over at Aaron, saying, Yeah, I know the feeling. Isis suggests, hey, I'm getting a little tired of going up against you. Maybe we could do something together next time. Torrance replies, if you can't beat him, 
join them. She leads ISIS back to her group and everybody mingles. And I call this bring it on at the battle of the bands. And it's the at symbol instead of a colon. Nice. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot in there. <laughs> <laughs> that includes Is it like, just the two bands and two dancers. No, it's multiple bands and teams. So all of the other dancers. bands are like, oh, you got to find a dance team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, unfair. that's true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> be these two bands, or it's just so unfair. Well, but that's not how Battle of the Bands works. I mean, I would think that the I would think that the bands would be from different schools and stuff. You know, not just dance teams. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, for example, like Gerard's band's dance team, they're not from Cal State because it's not saying that ISIS goes there, too. They're just, uh, you know, they're from somewhere else. Hmm. Well, it would be fun if, you know, one of the other teams is like maybe the band is more of like a indie band and the dancers are like ballet dancers. Yeah, I agree. I think it it would be a fun, um, like different styles going Mm -hmm. into it. But I do think it's completely unfair to spring that on all the bands after everyone's planning on a normal battle. It's all for Torrance and Missy. (laughs) (laughs) All because Cliff, Cliff. one guy in one band is like, actually I'm going to change the rules. (laughs) For him to then win, everyone would be like, that's completely the guy who made up the rules and well, then wins. Come on. I, he's not like the head of the thing. He's just the one that like proposes it and gets it going. Mm. I, he's I mean, that ruins it for everyone else. And I think of his gesture of adding the dance teams as like an escalation of the mixtape that he makes her in the first one. This is the big sweet gesture mm-hmm. this time. Like, I love that mixtape. Yeah. yeah. Good mixtape. Yeah. Just make a second movie about the mixtape. <laughs> what else is on it bring it on yeah. to the mixtape yeah i don't like that kim i want to hear yours come on guys let's be different for once we can't just rest on our laurels mine's called bring it on cheer camp colon cheer camp um so using the money that they won at nationals the clovers are able to attend cheer camp for the first time which i had in my idea that for all the same Torrance and um, Gabrielle Union are at cheer camp because I felt like Big Red was still there after it seemed like she would be gone. So Big Red shouldn't really still be there anymore. If she's graduated. so she graduated, but you're saying she she's still to have attended there. Cheer camp. Yeah. So in my version of it, they're still at cheer camp. They're still all all the seniors are able to go to cheer camp for some reason. They're following the summer. Sure. They just go, yeah, just to support their squad. And to find out who has what it takes to take over. So back to my pitch. Uh Uh, So yeah, they go, the Clover's able to attend cheer camp for the first time. And Torrance sees them and tries to be like, oh, I'll show them the ropes. But they're like, no, we got this. You know, we didn't need you. Leave us alone. And then um, at camp, the rule is, which is the real rule of cheer camp. I'm sure you'll remember, Jen, that uh, every night a different squad wins the spirit stick. And mm-hmm. if you win it on the last night, then you get to bring it home and take it home with you. So you really want to win it on the last night. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Um, so this is like the thing they're all kind of fighting for in this movie. And so the Clovers, when they get it, Missy gets dared to go steal it. Because, you know, Cheer Camp always has those dares they've established. Mm-hmm. So when Missy goes to steal it, she gets caught and it starts like a back and forth uh, the squads trying to sabotage each other throughout the whole time, um, stealing... Not stealing because it was separate, but similar to Alex's pitch, it's this 
prank wars. Prank wars. Yeah. Um, they end up Possibly. all yeah. getting yeah. caught. Both teams get disqualified from winning the spirit stick. Oof. And they're like, oh. And then there's this third team that's like the third best team that's clearly going to win it now. And they're all really bitchy and they become this common enemy of the Clovers and the Toros. So then they realize this loophole of like, well, the Clovers are banned and the Toros are banned, but maybe we can join together and form a new cheer squad and we won't be banned and we can win the spirit stick. So that's what they do. And they win. And then the judges are like, wait, no, this is the same team we've been. You guys can't win. And so the, the third team does win it ultimately. Oh, um, <laughs> this is pretty um, much the fourth movie. I don't remember the fourth movie. <laughs> oh, you do. Unconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> I do also wanted to include that there's a side story. The romance angle of it is that there's a secret um, relationship forming between Missy and Lafred. Oh, um, who Neat. are you know rivals and mean to each other, but then it's like becomes flirty, and then at the end of the movie they get together, and you're like, oh, Missy was a lesbian, just like they kept saying she was. <laughs> <laughs> There's that character development that Paul wanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys want to watch this movie, it's called Bring It On Four. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's Bring It On Four, I guess. Oh, my bitch. <laughs> I actually really like that one. So then the way that the voting works now is we each get to vote for one that's not our own. Okay. So what we have on the table. Bring it on the squeak wall. <laughs> squeak wall. Bring Let's just bring it on two. Bring it on two. Okay. And then Alex is still bringing it. I okay. made two pitches. I should get, they should both be it. <laughs> I didn't work. Okay, fine. One of two, one of Kim's two pitches. Uh, bring it on Sheer Camp or was or bring it on the prequel. Bring it on the prequel. Um, before they brought it on. Um, and bring it on first dance. And then mine, bring it on at the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, I'm going to vote for um, Battle of the Bands. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to vote for Battle of the Bands. Oh! <laughs> All right. Hmm. Though I do have a huge problem with that. <laughs> I know you, you're and, pointing out a lot of plot point issues. But I think it does sound the most fun to see all of the characters really active in in this new world. And I and getting more of the music, of course, that classic mixtape we all want to yeah. see more of. I did I especially liked in Alex's how Torrance is heading up her her former rivals team against her former alma mater. I like that. Um, and I like Alex's pitch in general. That being said, I'm voting for Jens. Oh. Um, bring it on, too. So that's where my vote's going. <laughs> well yeah. done. I loved the delivery. The well, I just oh, wow. there. Alex, it was tough. I'm still going to vote for yours, though. Hey! <laughs> what can I say? I tried hard. Well, I'm glad that uh, I provided you bring it on fans with a with a story that you liked. I think we all did. I think we all had some fun here. This everybody should be proud of their work. Yeah, but I thought no one really got it perfect. Okay, and that's and worth pointing we, out. <laughs> at the end of the day, everyone lost because we all had to sit through bring it on again. So. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I those <laughs> honestly him. 
him getting her height wrong <laughs> and and the dean at the end saying he had a lunch date were were worth the whole movie for me. I don't know. Those laughs were so big. <laughs> yeah, I really couldn't stop laughing at that height issue. It's so far off. It's insane how far off that is. It's the worst acting choice yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, One really of them funny. anyway. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for sitting through it. Um, we do appreciate you doing the work. We are doing it. We love you. <laughs> it was so hard. It was so much work. Does anybody have anything they want to plug before we wrap it up? Oh, my podcast, Science Communicators. Mm-hmm. Check uh, it out. Weekly podcast. We break down science um, to laymen. <laughs> and it's anyone can send in questions. If you have any science questions, uh, it's really fun and really accurate, and it's good because my co-host Lee and I just happen to know um, the scientific explanation of everything. So nice, check it out. And um, State Farm Insurance, <laughs> Alex from State Farm. Very competitive runners insurance. I'm friendly and attentive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Alex I know is, those things Alex, about you. Um, is my insurance agent. Hmm. Yeah, so if you're yep. in the Los Angeles or Greater Los Angeles area and you have needs for insurance. Message Paul. He'll give you my cell phone number. Cool. Yeah. I got yeah, all my insurance happy through to. text message. It was the best experience of my life. Anyways, this was very fun. Thank you all. You all brought it on. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I, I saw you there. It was funny. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jen. Yeah, yeah. Follow-up showdown. The movie we're talking about today is 2002's Ripley's Game. He, like, had a gun, and he's like, hold my watch. If anything happens to that, I'll kill everyone on this train. <laughs> and I'm not like, a bad Malkovich. We're all going to be doing Malkovich, I feel like, today. <laughs> it's the art house walk-in impression. A little easier to get wrong, though. <laughs> Noted. Noted.